0: I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thank you for listening to Your Working Life, my podcast series featuring luminaries in the career, leadership, financial, entrepreneurial, and wellness fields. I know you spend a significant portion of your life at work, so I'm on a mission to provide you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career And love your life. And today I am so thrilled to have a friend and colleague on. I am talking with Denise Brousseau today. Denise, welcome to the show. Thank you, Caroline. You and I saw each other just a few weeks ago in Chicago, but it's lovely to have you on the line today. I want to tell our readers that you are the founder and CEO of Thought Leadership Lab, where you work with executives and entrepreneurs who want to build their visibility, credibility, and thought leadership to enhance their professional success. And you've also co-founded Springboard Enterprises, a prestigious women's startup launchpad that has led to over $6 billion in funding for women entrepreneurs. Woohoo! So excited about that. And you speak to corporations, associations, and groups nations nationwide and you're a frequent guest blogger for Inc.com and Chic CEO as well as Salesforce. But you're talking about your brand new book today, Ready to Be a Thought Leader, How to Increase Your Influence, Impact and Success. So Denise, thank you for spending time with me today happy to be here. So I've read your book cover to cover. I am definitely uh, a disciple. (laughs) I would tell (laughs) you that uh, I just love uh, the book. I really do. It had such practical, actionable steps. And I want to start from the beginning. How did you get interested in thought leadership? Well, I
1: think that they really background here is that I actually became an accidental thought leader in my career. (laughs) That's right. I I, I think it happens to some folks that I was really at this confluence in Silicon Valley of just so many different trends, women, entrepreneurship, high growth, venture capital, all at the dot-com craze in the late 90s, early 2000s, and uh, was one of three or four people who was really at that Intersection and as a result got a lot of started getting calls and and having an opportunity to really be this uh, proponent of new ideas in this world and got on stages and in magazines and out really amplifying that message and a few years later a friend called me and she said you know how you made that transition from leader to thought leader she said I want to do that too. (laughs) <laughs> and we, and so we started working together. And over three years, she went from completely unknown in her field to testifying in front of the Senate, recognized by the White House, headhunted for a big job by the governor. And I realized that there was this step-by-step process. And my goal now is to get out and share that. How can others do that? How, you know, not everybody can hire someone on their team to help them so what is it you can do individually and that's where the, that's what the whole book is about is those steps by step as well as the resources exercises all the things you can do on your own or hopefully with a buddy
0: Excellent. And that's what I love about it, right? It's actionable. You can do this. When you read this book, you will have a detailed how-to guide. But let's go back one step further. And I want you to define thought leader. That is a term that I think scares some people, right? They just don't feel like they're ready to be a thought leader, thus the title of the book. So unpack that for us you know, I think it
1: starts with being a change agent. So many people Mm. in communities and companies and organizations, they really are trying to bring about some change. And for me, the idea of Thought Leader is to take a change from one place, one company, organization, et cetera, and really scale it. And it's not, it's not about necessarily you going all around the world to scale this idea, but it's around building communities and amplifiers for your ideas and, and explaining. And as one of my folks that I interviewed called it in the book, he coined the phrase uncomplexifying information, Mm. showing the path forward that others can follow in your footsteps. So I, I sort of think it begins with that one person as a change agent, but it's all about scale.
0: Wonderful. Now, what I love about the book is that you give us very specific examples of individuals who have become thought leaders and how they have impacted ideas and really turned them into movements, for example. Can you give me one of your favorites? I'm sure they're all favorites, but pick one.
1: (laughs) They are all favorites. It's so challenging. Let me use the gentleman that I just mentioned, the one who coined the phrase of uncomplexify. Here's a guy who was at Intuit. He was running a team of one, Avinash Kaushnik, and he he started a blog around search engine optimization 2006 people were just beginning to understand this he was a practitioner and he realized that his voice and his point of view on search engine optimization was quite different from everybody else so he started mm-hmm. a blog you know just invited a few friends and family to read it and realized oh you know some people are very interested and so then he put it out to the world and and after 6 months of sort of evening weekend blogging you know two or three times a week he got an email from Wiley Press and they said, "Hey, we really like your voice, we like your point of view. Got an opportunity to put those into a book." Uh, now he's got a second book. He got it headhunted to Google and He's followed by you know hundreds of thousands of people around the world. His blog is called Occam's Razor. But all of that is wonderful. But the two side pieces that are so fascinating is, is, is he donated every dollar that he made on those books. Quarter wow. of a million dollar impact that he and his wife have been able to have because of those books. That's one incredible. So there's a chance to get income from being a thought leader. But right. second, and I think to him much more important, is that he gets love letters. He gets <laughs> literally love letters from, you know, from Borneo to Boston, you know, all these people sending him these notes saying thank you for all the information and the value you're providing in the world. And that's what I think many thought leaders will tell you is that the impact that they've had, the influence that they've had in sharing their voice and their ideas and their knowledge is what really makes... Them happy for all the work that it takes because it isn't it isn't that easy to do right. on top
0: of a pay job. Right. So you write so beautifully that that thought leadership is a career insurance policy. Tell me more about that.
1: Well, when I started my uh, consulting about eight ten years ago, I was really doing a lot of work with folks in career transition and people would come in my office, you know, 15 years, 20 year careers, many of them often in one company. And there, I think many of us got this advice that you're supposed to put your head down and do your job and everyone's going to recognize you, but it's just not true. Right. And what happens is, you know, you've been there, you're the oh, guy yes. who had so many thousands. And, and what we realized is that instead, if you have amplified your voice, if you have gotten known outside your York company or even within your larger company, when there is a merger, when there is an acquisition, whatever comes down the pike, if you have a set of followers, if you are known for someone who has a point of view and can push great ideas forward or just uncomplexify complex information, as, as Avinash would say, that idea of being that thought leader and that go-to person in your niche is going to, first of all, you can, those followers are going to help you find the next job, but people want to hire those kinds of people. People that even are interviewing, I've been told that during an interview, they're asked, what's your followership? Uh-huh. And, you know, if yeah, you look blankly just- at someone, you know that's not really to your advantage because your competitor, quote unquote, for that position is going to have thought through uh, building their network and building their followership in a way that's going to put them ahead. I and mean, you want to be that person.
0: Excellent. So true, right? That's your collateral. That is your insurance. Beautifully put. So Denise, I'm eager to know, how did you winnow this down to a seven-step process? That seems like a magical number. It's so logical when I read the book. How did you get seven?
1: Well, it actually started as five, as oh, many okay.
0: do. You know, you start adding.
1: I uh, I had actually started by getting out and teaching this in workshops. So after I helped this one woman do this, I started telling people just her story about how we had done this for her. Her name is Von Tone Quinlevin, and I I had an opportunity, as you know, I helped start the Invent Your Future conference. So yes. I, every year I get to go and do a workshop, and so I did a workshop one year on ready to be a thought leader or I think from leader to thought leader. And I started to showcase some of these ways that we had worked. And, and I started realizing, wow, you know, there is the same process that she followed that I followed. So why not sort of write it down? So I wrote down five, five steps. And then as I started the book, after I got the contract from Wiley, And I started interviewing a lot of people, I realized there was really two that I was missing. And one of them was sort of this interim middle step, which I put in the center of the book, which is about putting your eye on the line. And it's all about those limits, those self-imposed limits that that have us, that, that keep us from standing front and center, the ones that to keep us from being that one who is in the spotlight. So I really put a whole chapter of all the different ideas I got from people on what I call the rules for resilience. How do you keep going when you make a mistake or no one's noticing or whatever? And then the second is I added the next chapter, which is codify your lessons learned. Because what I learned from talking to people is that that ability to distill your know-how into a replicable model so that others can follow it, so that, you know, that sort of showcasing the way forward, that roadmap, that franchise manual of how you did it is critical in order to be a thought leader because you can't be everywhere. You need to get those disciples, as you called it earlier, right, you need right. those people. And they can't reinvent the wheel. They need to follow what, your path. And that, I think, was a really critical learning for me as I was writing the book.
0: So do you think the steps will evolve? or Are you confident that these seven steps are, are good to go?
1: Well, after interviewing, you know, many, many, many folks <laughs> now, I think I'm think I'm there. You know, there's always tweaks and not everybody, interestingly enough, of course, not everyone does them in the same order. Uh, you know, I put chapter six is about put yourself on shout of getting out and giving, getting word about your activities. And, and the truth is many people will start from the very, very beginning. You know, they find their passion and they immediately start a blog or they immediately start uh, tweeting or, or speaking. And so I don't necessarily argue that you must do these in this order or even do it neither do I argue that you only go through these steps once I think as you build your platform with one idea then you need to do it again and build on top of that I think you go through the steps multiple times
0: I agree and I'm so glad you said that because I think it's a continual process and what I love here is you've created a system and you've created a plan and you need to revisit it from time to time and and keep things fresh So Denise, I want to drill down. The first step is finding your driving passion. So I want to turn the tables on you and I want you to tell me how you found your passion. That is such a tough question for so many people to answer. And I think it impacts our, our happiness, our satisfaction on so many levels. So how did you come to that? you know, you really
1: remind me of of this moment, as you were, you were asking the question, I reminded me of a moment, I was at a National Speakers Association local event, and I was very early in my speaking career, and these two women and I were chatting, you know, over cocktails or whatever, and they said to me, what's your niche? And I said, well, (laughs) I I, I really like working with women, and they said, okay, but what's your niche? And I said, well, women's leadership, and then they said, yeah, but what's your niche? And I thought, I kind of went away that day, sort of, really stunned. Like, I thought I had a niche. And what I realized is, you know, there's many, many, many folks in those broader communities working with women, working with women leaders. So I needed to go a little deeper. And it was only through this work that I did... Of realizing how fun it was to help someone make that transition to thought leader and then of course I had the credibility and the experience in my own back pocket from having done it myself. Once I was able to draw those connections between work that I was doing and and my interest what I was really passionate and excited about with this expertise credibility that I had already built in my career and I think that's where my niche really got honed was putting those together. So what I try to teach people is that finding that thought leadership intersection point between your expertise, your interests, your passions, your credibility, and where you what you're committed to, where that all aligns. And that sort of that center point is where you can make the biggest difference. Because you do want to be different. You don't want to be doing the same old thing as everyone. And you don't want to niche down so far that only five people care about what you're doing. But right. The, the other piece I say is, you know, look for trends, look for things that either you want to go with the trends or counter against the trends. But if you're not thinking about something that people are a little bit excited about, it's probably going to be a very
0: lonely process of being yeah. a thought by yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you you made me think of something. I recently heard your, your webinar through Invent Your Future. And one of the points that I wrote down was be discoverable.
1: Tell us yeah. more about that. The one thing that I notice with those who really stand out is literally they allow themselves to stand out. Mm. So they- create a LinkedIn profile, they are showcasing their knowledge and expertise as a guest blogger or they are tweeting and amplifying other people's ideas. They're out in front of audiences. We can no longer keep our light under a bushel. This is right. really all about um, being found. And I think for women, we particularly have a challenge with we get somebody says, oh, you know, you should go for that award or you should go speak. And, and we have all these voices that say we're not expert enough. We're not ready. We don't have a topic. You know, there's so many, so many voices. And so what I'm trying to convince people is that we need to be as discoverable as possible in order to get that next opportunity, in order to get that seat at the board or seat at the table. This is the, the, the sort of coin of the realm for our future to be that, that person who is in that center point, but can be found there. It's not,
0: I agree. Absolutely. Shine the light, baby. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. And it is a fascinating um, issue for women in particular, right? It's, it's the whole humility factor. And certainly I don't think either of us are saying, yeah, we need you to become obnoxious braggers, but my goodness, we need to be able to embrace what we've earned with humble confidence and talk about it so we can be found.
1: Yeah, and I think it's that Walt Whitman quote that says, if you'd done it, it ain't bragging. And
0: I just, <laughs> That's and fabulous.
1: I you don't take credit for others' ideas, but it is okay to take credit for what you've done and or what you are bringing about in the world.
0: Excellent, excellent. So a recurring theme, especially with women with whom I work, is is finding that self-confidence, right? This dovetails in what we were just saying. And and you had a, a beautiful phrase in the book, find your inner lion. Tell us more.
1: Yes, I, I have this wonderful picture that I use whenever I speak about this topic. It's a little kitten sitting in front of a giant mirror, and in the mirror he sees reflected an enormous lion. yeah. And yeah. And what I think about when I see that image is that there is this sense for many of us that there's mornings we wake up and we see the little kitten and we see even a smaller version of ourselves. And then there's mornings we wake up and we see this giant lion and we feel powerful With women, I think particularly, it's sort of a, it's a tide, like the tide goes out and the tide comes in of confidence. And so we need to surround ourselves with other people, other supporters, other fans of ours who champion us and get rid of those who are the, you know, the energy depleters and surround yourself with that, a mastermind or a buddy, or I call, I tell fun stories about how to do this in the book, but it is very much about that idea of we're in this together and find somebody else who's on that journey to be a thought leader or somebody else who is is really pushing themselves out into the into the spotlight and and share ideas and best practices and encouragement because that's the only way we keep going
0: so true so true so so two other other questions i know from your extensive work with leaders and specifically with women leaders we have some self sabotaging roadblocks right what are some of the common roadblocks that you see leaders facing today
1: Well, I think that one of the main ones, as I've mentioned, is this idea that we're not expert enough. Uh And what I want to share to people in that thinking is that imagining that today we have already made steps along our journey and there are people behind us. And so it's this idea of paying it forward to the community that we're a part of that says we have knowledge and expertise and experience that is worth sharing, and it's almost in some ways selfish not to. So I'm trying to turn it on its head and say it's not about holding yourself back because you don't know enough, but in some ways to say, wow, maybe I'm being too selfish in not sharing that knowledge and expertise. You know, to me, this idea of expert versus thought leader is so interesting. You know, with an expert, here's somebody who knows a lot, but they spend a lot of their time show and casing how much they know just so they look good. I want to frame it more the thought leader, which is all about making other... Others smarter. So yes, of course you have expertise, but your role as a thought leader is to make everyone around you smarter in whatever ex- area of expertise you have. So that to me is a differentiator that really allows you to s- step ahead and, and into a different framework.
0: That's incredible. So you're you're a facilitator, you're a connector, you're p- empowering others for success. Yeah,
1: love amplifier. That. You're a convener. Whatever mm-hmm. the roles are, those are all important and and critical phrases that that people should think about for their own career. Like, how can I be an amplifier?
0: I that is it. really powerful. So what are the first steps that that one can take today? Right, I know, we've got the seven steps in the book, but what? How does it all start? Right, where do you need to be mentally to to get moving in the right direction?
1: I think that the first and most important step is to say, why not?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's it's
1: this this attitude about our own careers that say, I want to leave a legacy. I want to make a difference. And if I can get to that about why it matters to me or why, sh- why shouldn't I do this, either one of those frameworks works. So uh, for me, I get a little bit competitive. That's what gets me going. But whatever it is for you, I think a lot of people, it's about, especially if they're longer term in their career, they think, I want to leave something behind. For others, it is about the sense that I came on this planet to make a difference, and this mm-hmm. idea of being a thought leader allows you to do that so if you can find whatever that framework is why you want to be an influencer why you want to be uh, to amplify your impact those are going to be what keeps you going I invite people to come up with a take a little index card and write the top 10 reasons why I want to be more influential or the top 10 reasons I want to be a thought leader put it by your bed you know first thing in the morning read that card last thing at night read that card take a picture of it on your phone carry it around with you because it's that why that does keep us motivated and energized maybe there's a community you stand for or an idea that needs to be pushed forward into the world whatever it is that you care most about that's what's going to keep you going
0: i love it i love it inspiration you can't see me but i'm smiling ear to ear denise good stuff (laughs) so what's next for you the book is doing so well where are you speaking next what's coming up for you oh i have so many things
1: on the you do
0: On the plate,
1: I just have so fun. To me, I finally understand why you write a book because (laughs) as as an extrovert, I did not enjoy the process of holing away in my office and writing, but I really love the launch. I'm sure you know. Good. Yes.
0: Now you're out there talking about it. Good, good.
1: So fun. But I actually have another book now that I'm okay, starting. I never would have imagined I would say that six months ago. But <laughs> I have this idea that this book is really for individuals to become thought leaders. And there are lots of ideas in there for how to do it as a group. But what I'm realizing is there's some unique characteristics and traits of groups of people. So last year, for example, I worked with a group of nurse leaders in California, and we created, we spent an afternoon creating their messaging as nurse leaders to push all through all of their circles all of their followers, these ideas around the Affordable Care Act and and how nurse leaders could impact using their, their incredible trust that they have in their communities. And that really empowered each of those women to stand forward. And I think that is incredibly powerful for ideas, for companies, for organizations. How do you do it as a group? So that's really the next book.
0: Very exciting. Well, I wish you great success. I hope our paths cross again in person very soon. Denise, thank you for spending time with me today. Before I let you go, though, tell us how we can buy the book, how we can follow you online, because as you said, you are clearly findable, searchable in the space, and I want people to know how they can connect with you.
1: I think the best place to start is on my website. ThoughtLeadershipLab.com. I have just a lot of great info there. My blog, uh, you can follow, and I've got some tons of resources, including this new Thought Leadership Manifesto that I wrote, that has a lot of influencer strategies in it. So please join me there, join my email list, and uh, that will get you more information on these topics.
0: Wonderful, Denise Prouse, ready to be a thought leader? How to increase your influence, impact, and success? I am so delighted that you were able to spend time with me today. I wish you continued Continued success on this wonderful new book, and I thank you for your time. Thank you, Caroline. Be well. Thank you for tuning into your working life, where my goal is to help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. True career satisfaction is possible, and it's time to embrace what you love doing so you can do more of it. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Take good care. <laughs>